Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, it's an all-Canadian week, eh? How can the Sens beat not only the Leafs tomorrow, but we gotta beat Vancouver on Thursday and the Calgary Flames coming to town on Saturday? Yeah, no, for sure, Ross. It's gonna be a tough matchup here, but we're gonna take a look at all the players from the Sens through the first 10 games of the season. We're also gonna look at what needs to improve on the back end, and one thing could be the return of Zub. All that and more on today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson and you're listening to Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Lockdown Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 911 of the Lockdown Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, you can follow the show on social media. We're at Send Central on Twitter, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. The show is free and available on all podcast platforms, including on YouTube, where a subscription, a like, and a comment go a long way. Today's comment, we want you to tell us what has stood out to you with an individual player the most through 10 games. We'll get to those player evaluations in the next segment. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers in the U.S. get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. Today is Tuesday, November 7th and Pillsy, dare I say, this is the Sens' biggest week of the season. It's a big one. I mean, especially Ross, again, it feels like this team hasn't played in forever. Like, it's... That Tampa Bay game seems like months ago, and the Ottawa Senators have their first back-to-back of the season coming up here, so that's going to be interesting. And these are not easy teams. First battle of Ontario up against the Leafs in Toronto, and then arguably the hottest team in the NHL, other than, I guess, the Bruins. Uh, You're looking at the Vancouver Canucks the night after. So this is going to be an interesting week, and... This could play a big part of how the rest of this month goes, whether they have success this week or not. After Saturday, the team will go to Sweden. They'll have another extended break before those two games against Minnesota and Detroit. But the two teams they're playing next are feeling pretty good about themselves today. The Toronto Maple Leafs erased a 4-1 deficit last night to Tampa Bay, beating them in overtime 6-5. And the Vancouver Canucks put an absolute beatdown on the Edmonton Oilers. But the Canucks have put beatdowns on many teams this season. The Canucks are currently sitting just behind Vegas in the Pacific Division. They're 9-2-1 and one through 12 games. Calgary, on the other hand, 3-7-1. and one. Wouldn't it just be the most sense thing to do to beat the Leafs and the Canucks back-to-back and then just put a stinker out against the, Can- the Flames at home? Well, at least, Ross, the games up against Vancouver and Calgary are at home. I feel like whenever they do the West Coast swing, they all, especially Calgary, they always lose to Calgary and then Vancouver, unless they 
somehow find a way to trade for Adam Gaudet, they're not going to win that game either. But <laughs> at home, there's there's hope. There's there, hope. well, there's hope, but the Sens haven't won at home since the last time Artem Zhu played. Could he return tomorrow? We'll get into that discussion in the final segment. The Sens just got off the ice at practice. DJ Smith about to speak to the media with some select players, and then the team will head on down the 401. Or, well, fly over it, more likely, as they get to Toronto tonight. Get ready to play the Leafs tomorrow. Pilsy, if there's one area of improvement that you're looking for in the next two games, let's just look at this back-to-back. Wednesday in Toronto, home on Thursday to Vancouver. What's the one area of improvement you're looking for this team to have? I'm going to stick right with DJ Smith for my top one, Ross, and there's probably... Uh, generous portion of Sens fans right now being like, he better say fire DJ, he better say fire DJ. I'm not saying that yet. That's not where I'm going. I'm sorry to disappoint those people. But I will say, we got to figure out this ice time imbalance here. Like, it is wild how much the top four has been playing. Hopefully, Zub coming back helps even things out, puts Hamnick on that bottom pair with Clevin. We know DJ Smith doesn't have a problem playing Hamnick big minutes. So hopefully, the D pairs are rolled a little more. And the top two lines cannot play the amount that they've been playing the last couple games here. Like Timmy's got to start getting exhausted here. Like that's a lot of ice time for him. And look, you got guys like Kubelik and Tarasenko that Tarasenko is having a great season. There's no reason for that third line not to get a little more ice time mixed in there as well. And DJ Smith obviously likes how Rook Chartier has played so far this season. So do I, do I think he should be third line center with two of the, top shooters on the team no that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me but to answer your question around about way ross i think the most important thing for these back-to-backs back-to-backs especially because you're gonna like that's a lot of hockey in two nights for a team that hasn't played in forever you gotta manage the ice time better than they've been doing so far the ottawa senators have been extraordinarily consistent on the power play they've scored a power play goal in seven straight games now they've scored more than one power play goal in none of those games. They've scored exactly one in seven straight games. So it's easy to say, oh, just continue to stay hot on the power play. You know what the only problem is, Pilsy? Is Uh they're sitting at a minus one special teams differential over that seven games, despite having success on the power play. The penalty kill has just fallen apart with no Zub, and it's really blatantly obvious i know they gave up those three to detroit but you can't take that away because without that you know that's a whole different game so that that was the story of that game but they're giving up as much as they're scoring on even strength i'd like them to clean that up and then just from a more um you know not as obvious in terms of numbers but their breakouts like they're they're so disjointed leaving their zone leave as a five-man unit get in with possession and if you have more confidence as you're leaving the zone Together, maybe you're more inclined to carry the puck into the offensive zone because you know you have speed, you have control of the puck. You don't feel like, oh, I just have to get it deep. I have to get it deep. I have to get it deep. So it all starts with the breakout. And I'm going to be watching that very closely tomorrow. I'm going to be watching Sanderson, Chikrin, the puck-moving defenseman on this decor to, to really kind of calm everything else out because it is so all over the place right now when they're leaving their own zone that it's causing them poor break-ins and those those blue line entries and exits are two of the most important things in five on five play so i'm going to be watching those closely tomorrow night 
Well, and DJ Smith talked about it just from quotes we're seeing on Twitter here. Timmy's trying to do too much. And the thing is, Timmy is trying to carry that puck in uh, all on his own. You think? Yeah, he's trying to carry it in all on his own. And sure, one out of four times, Timmy can dangle and pull off an incredible move and get past those four or five guys on the other team. And, and it's great. But half the time, he's get stopped at the line. It's a turnover and it's odd man rush the other way. So Timmy's got to calm things down a little, start relying on his teammates. Cause it's not like Timmy's put on a line with scrubs. Like he's always got good players on his wings. So I need him to not feel like he needs to be the hero here. And I, I think it's very apparent from everyone watching DJ Smith, uh, admitting it in the media. Hopefully Timmy kind of gets that as a message to himself that he doesn't have to be the hero here. And hopefully that'll help uh, with the break-ins Ross, because it's so easy to plan for a one-man break-in if you just see Timmy carrying the puck and you know he's going to try to dangle through three guys. You just stack the line and hold them off. So can't have that happening as much as it has happened. No, we really can't. And we look at the Ottawa Senators who just got off the ice in the morning skate. We've got lines now, and the lines are as follows. A little different. Oh, it, it gave me the wrong one. That's so bad. There, expand. Uh so we've got Josh Norris at center between Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson. We've got Tim Stutzla with Matthew Joseph and Claude Giroux. That top six played together in the third period of Tampa's game and really generated a lot of offensive zone time. You mentioned that third line. This line makes absolutely no sense to me. Rourke Chartier between Dominic Kubalik and Vladimir Tarasenko. And then the fourth line is Roby Yarventi with Parker Kelly and Zach McEwen. On defense, we hope that Zub returns. If so, he's paired beside Jake Sanderson, as he has been in practice. Jacob Chikrin is with Jacob Bernard Docker. Tyler Clevin with Travis Hamanick. We do not know who will start in goal tomorrow for the Ottawa Senators. For you, Pilsy, who starts in goal tomorrow in Toronto? I want to see Anton Forsberg uh, starting in goal up against Toronto Ross. Just again, it's been a while since he had a start. I don't want him stewing on uh, that Buffalo game any longer. And it's not like when he came in relief in the game against Tampa, he did much better. And look, uh, Anton Forsberg has played the Maple Leafs eight times. That's tied for the team he's played the most. Uh, the other team is the New York Islanders. And he's got a two, three, and three records. So not amazing, but a 9-11 save percentage, which I like to see that. And it's, it's certainly better than his numbers up against the Canucks, Ross, as I think probably a lot of those games up against the Canucks were in the COVID uh, Canada division year, and those did not go well for the Sens. So I want to see Forsberg start up against the Leafs here. In the last two years, so during his time with Ottawa, Anton Forsberg's actually even better against the Leafs. He's a go. uh, He's got a 917 save percentage. So, yeah, I, I want to see Forsberg as well there and um, and then carry Eunice Corpusalo into Thursday's game. And may the best goalie get to take on the Flames on yeah. Saturday night. We expect them both to split the games in Sweden. Um, it would be a real shame to travel all the way over there just to sit on the bench for a pair of games as well. All right, coming up, we will get player evaluations. The Sens are at the 10-game mark, a nice clean number. So we're going to go through the list, who's impressed us, who needs more, and some other quirks when it comes to statistics through these 10 games. That's next. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Mary J's. Mary J's is a locally owned cannabis dispensary in the Ottawa area, started by three friends making a life-changing decision 
They grinded. They slept on air mattresses on the floor of the sales room when they started to make ends meet. And through hard work and dedication, they now have four stores in Ottawa and one in Coburg. The Ottawa locations are in Riverside South, Orleans, Greeley, and Russell. Lots of options for you to find your Mary J's spot. Mary J's offers the best and newest products in the market with many new additions to the menu every single week. They got everything you need, whether you're a grizzled vet or a rookie. Mary J's offers competitive pricing. In fact, they will price match any store in Ottawa. That means you are guaranteed to get the best price around at Mary J's. Mary J's also offers the best customer service around by having the friendliest bud tenders who are always ready to help. One of the owners, Dashy, Die-hard Sens fan, absolute beauty. His favorite number is 18, not for Stutzla, but for Marion Hosa. That's how long he's been a fan for. So go to one of their four locations, say what up to Dashy, pick his brain about all the newest products and the Sens. Check it out today, guys. Mary J's. Today's episode is also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. It is FanDuel. Now score early. This NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers in the U.S. right now get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining the action, there's no better time than right now. The app is so easy to use, and it's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Pilsy, you love the same game parlays. Oh, yeah. I'm a big same game parlay guy. Pilsy's parlay of the day. Took a night off. I was in the States, so uh, my location changed, but I'm back here in the Blue Mountains, and we're going to have Pilsy's parlay of the day for the rest of the games of this week. Let's go. Stay tuned for that, and visit FanDuel.com slash on to kick off the NFL season, and stay tuned for Pilsy's parlay of the day. FanDuel, it's the official partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Pilsy, here we are covering a team with four wins through their first 10 games. And I think more surprising, this team hasn't been to overtime yet once. Yeah, that is surprising. I And it's especially frustrating. There's been a couple games where it's been one goal losses or games where they come back and uh, make it seem like maybe they have a chance. But as, as you've said, Ross, and we said this too often, too many too little too late games going on here. And uh, that's the issue. The Senators are are 0-2 in one goal games so far this season. And then you compound that with the X or sorry, the uh, empty net loss that they had to Buffalo, which is a two goal game because of it. And doesn't feel that great to be on the wrong end of it. I can't, I can't imagine there's many teams that haven't been to overtime yet just once. Like there's a multitude of teams in the NHL, the Tampa Bay lightning. I'm looking at you. It's crazy. The Tampa Bay lightning have four overtime losses. Yeah. Sens could have used those points in the standings. Oh, big time. Yeah. And Ross, I don't know about you, but I feel like every time I look at the previous scores and two Atlantic teams are playing, always it's overtime or shootout. I just like just to smite the Sens even more. Always. The Senators waking up in dead last in the Eastern Conference. Who had that on their bingo card? But individually, there's been some decent performances. There's been some very good performances and some that simply need to be better. Pilsy, who has been the most impressive senator? The MIP, because I don't think that you can have a MVP when you have four wins in 10 games, but who has impressed you the most through the first 10? 
I mean, I got to go with Brady Kachuk. I mean, obviously, that's low-hanging fruit. I'm just reaching and grabbing and taking a bite here. But I did not expect Brady to have eight goals in his first 10 games. Like, that's pretty impressive. And he seems to score in bunches, or at least pairs, I should say. So Brady Kachuk having eight goals in 10 games is the most impressive stat for me so far. And you look at it, he's like first in the league in penalty minutes. He's also got 42 shots on goal, which is up from his career average, believe it or not. He's got 42 shots in 10 games, an average of 4.2, and he's shooting 19%. So you got to imagine that that number is going to come down because historically, Brady Kachuk has been a very much a low percentage shooter because he puts everything at the net. In his career, uh, Brady Kachuk is a 9.7% shooter, but he's at 19 right now. So regression will come eventually, but it is great to ride this. Eight goals, 11 points, the heartbeat of the team, and uh, a very worthy, most impressive player so far this season. For me, I had a different answer, but the last two games have changed it, unfortunately. Uh Um, I was going to go with Jake Sanderson, who has still been impressive, but without Zub, it's kind of... The warts are, are starting to come bubble to the top, but that's been the case for um, many players on this team over the last six games in which the Senators have one win. So I'm going to go with Vladimir Tarasenko because we expected him to come in here and be a shooter, but his playmaking ability has really impressed me. He's a guy who's getting guys in the right spot. He's up at uh, a production that I think is sustainable at, at a point per game. I think he could be a 65, 70-point guy. Um, oh, yeah going to be some valleys in there but i think that he's impressed me how about that plus seven tied for the team league didn't expect him to be a guy who you could count on on the defensive side of the puck as well and what i also like eight of his 10 points pilsy are at even strength yeah and a thing that's impressed me the most about tarasenko ross is you know there's this narrative about older Russian snipers. They're not going to hustle. They're not going to play a physical game. They're just going to be floating around waiting for that one-timer. I've really liked Vladimir Tarasenko's pace and hustle. Like He's playing a little bit more physical than I thought he would. He's a playmaker more than I thought, like you mentioned. So he's not just a a higher gun that's just going to snipe goals for you. It seems like he's bringing more to the table this year. And I mean, hey, contract year for him. He obviously took a bit of a a discount to come to Ottawa, only a one-year deal. So I think Vladimir Tarasenko has a lot to play for here, and he's proven it. Can can we do snake draft style? Sure, let's do it. I'll go with uh, a common line mate of Tarasenko so far this season, Matthew Joseph. Ah, That was my next one. Good one. All in trade rumors last season into the offseason, into the beginning of this season. And what does he do? He goes, shh, I'm still here. I'm still getting better. I'm only 26 years old. Joseph has eight points through 10 games. Pilsy, he's only got 10 less points than he had all of last season, albeit in 56 games. He's already tied the amount of goals he scored last year. He's already up, you know, 300% of the amount of even strength goals. He had zero last year. But just overall, he brings speed. He brings an element that the Senators really need in terms of being uh, a reliable man in the defensive zone and uh, I'm just very happy for him that he can kind of you know shut up the haters a little bit who were you know ready to pack his bags and bring him to the airport if anyone were to take him and create some cap space whereas now you're looking at him like hey if he can be this type of you know 40 42 point player then you know you're really getting something good for under three million dollars 
Big time. Yeah, uh, like I mentioned, Matthew Joseph was going to be my next guy. He's really showing how his speed is such a weapon here, so that's a good pick, Ross. My next pick, I'm going to go with Josh Norris. Uh, this is a guy that throughout the whole offseason, everyone talking, is his shoulder going to be okay? Ross, you and I were on opposite sides of the argument. You said, I want him taking draws. I said, no, shelter him. I don't want him to risk injury. Ross, Josh Norris has the second most face-offs on the team, and he's played three less games than a lot of the other centermen. He has 88 draws so far, and taking draws is one thing, but how about winning 54.6% of them? Like, I was ready to say, okay, maybe this is a guy that you move to the wing. I want Drew taking the draws for him. He can't handle this, but he's done a great job so far, and the face-offs were the, my number one concern. But, hey, He's at a point-per-game pace here, uh, seven seven points in seven games, too. So Josh Norris is my next player. He and Brady Kachuk have identical shooting percentages. Ooh. Hot Lunch pointed that out. We put these questions out on Twitter as well, if you want to answer there, or in the comments below. We want to hear who your most impressive players were throughout the first 10 games of the Senator season. It's a snake draft, Pilsy. You got another one here. Oh, we're doing three. Okay. Well, we're going to roll through. Oh, you just had two there, didn't you? No, no you no. had Norris. So yeah, I just had Norris there. It's back to you. I This is tough to do because he's injured right now, but I feel like that shouldn't take him out of the conversation. I've really liked how Ridley Gregg started the season off. I mean, especially with the way Shane Pinto saga turned out, uh, the 41-game suspension. Last year, Shane Pinto was the replay or like the guy that needed to elevate his game to cover for Josh Norris. And now Ridley Gregg is covering for Shane Pinto or was at least until he unfortunately got injured. I just thought Ridley Gregg did a good job. I never would have guessed a line of Matthew Joseph, Ridley Gregg and Vladimir Tarasenko would have been successful. But again, I don't I don't want it to be a negative on Ridley that he got injured. It was an accident play that he goes into the boards awkwardly. So I want to give uh, Ridley his shine here. So Greg's going to be my next player, Ross. I like that. I'm going with a pair of defensemen. And I'll just bunch them up together because Jacob Chikrin and Jake Sanderson have both been tremendous on the back end for the Ottawa Senators. Each of them with nine points in 10 games. Chikrin has four goals. Sanderson has three. But both of them just bring this reliability that Ottawa desperately needed, especially in the wake of Thomas Shabbat's injury. But some sense fans would argue that Shabbat, you know, wasn't necessarily always the most reliable, especially in his own zone. So it's nice to have these guys, especially Sanderson taking another step. And Chikrin, I, I love watching this guy play. He gets a little too high in his own zone sometimes, gets chasing a little bit. I think that could be, you know, ironed out with some really good coaching. But Jake, San or Jake Chikrin, I should say, you know, we saw those two blasts in the first period of the home opener, and I was sold on him from there. And obviously loves playing in Ottawa. Jacob Chikrin with, uh, with a great start to the year, averaging almost 24 minutes a game. And since Shabbat went out, that that average has spiked up to like 27, 28. So he's 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 shouldering the load and he looks really good there. And, and so does Jake Sanderson. So the Sens decor is, uh, you know, a very, very hit or miss with health. But when those guys are all healthy, you can see the nucleus of what should be a really good group. All right. So those are your last two. So I got one more here. After a quick word from one of our favorite sponsors, we're going to also get into the Senators injury situation. We now have updates on Mark Kastelik and Ridley Gregg. Plus, will Artem Zub play tomorrow? That's next. You're listening to Locked on Senators. 
Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Sleeper. Guys, if you want to win 100 times your money, play daily fantasy hockey on the Sleeper app available in the U.S. These are the scenarios you can have if you pick the best players available, winning big on the Sleeper app. As the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, it's our top choice for fantasy sports, daily fantasy sports, especially hockey. You can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey content. There are so many players to pick from around the league. Elias Pettersson lighting it up. Uh, you got guys like Brady Kachuk getting goals left, right, and center. And you just need to pick stats like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. You heard me, Sens fans. 100 times payouts on sleepers. So start paying attention and get your picks right so you can win big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's locked on NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details available in the U.S. only for now. Today's episode is also brought to you by Shawarma Palace, available in Canada only forever, at least for now. With Shawarma Palace, you always know you're going to get a delicious meal. You always know that it's going to be fresh ingredients and it's going to be a massive portion size. That's the Shawarma Palace way. Shawarma Palace started with just one location and now they've grown to seven. You can visit them at any of their seven locations, but you can also find them exclusively on Uber Eats. But they're also at the Salem Ross Shopping Center. They're at the Carleton University Food Court. They've got two locations on Bank Street, one in the in the uh, center town area, and then the other one over at Bank and Hunt Club. They're also on Woodruff and my personal favorite, 464 Rideau Street, right by Augusta and Chapel there. So go always get, make sure you let them know Locked On Senators sent you, and also make sure to get that extra garlic. Get Shawarma Palace. Go eat like a royal. Go eat at Shawarma Palace. All right, Pilsy, here we are. One day before the first Battle of Ontario. Last year, the Senators went 1-2-1 and one in four games in the Battle of Ontario. I still remember so vividly that Claude Giroux just steals the puck in the neutral zone, toe drags around the defender, and rips it shelf over Ilya Samsonov. We don't know who's starting in goal for Toronto, but this Joseph Wool kid looks like the real deal. We'll get some more analysis on the game tomorrow, full game day preview, and we may be joined by Al's brother. If there's any Overdrive fans out here, any TSN fans, uh, Al's brother, Mike DiStefano, also the host of Locked on Leaf. So uh, we're, we're going to have a quick conversation with him, game day preview, all that great stuff tomorrow. But Pilsy, we've just rattled off, what, eight players, nine players? Seven. Math guy. <laughs> no Tim Stutzla, no Claude Giroux. These guys are at a point per game. Timmy's at 11 points. Or sorry, are they, they're both at 11 points so yes. far this season through 10 games. What's holding them back from being valuable pieces of this team? Well, I won't get too much into Timmy because I've already kind of had my rants about him. He's trying to do too much. Uh, do less. With, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. With Claude Giroux, I'm not really sure, Ross, because like the points are there. Uh, he he's still dominant in the faceoff dot. Like he, the playmaking ability is still there. I just find so sometimes, like more often than not this season, he's kind of, for lack of a better word, been a bit invisible. Like some games, I'm like, oh yeah, Cl like Claude's here. Like I I just don't notice him as much for some reason. So. I wish I had a better answer for you, but I'm not sure why Claude Giroux isn't standing out to me this year. Yeah, well, I mean, the numbers are still standing out, right? Like, if, yeah. if 
he's at a better pace than he was last year. But again, only three goals, right? And and that's where he's getting some secondary assists. And, um, you know, he still obviously has so much value when it comes to what he brings in the room and, and being a good teammate. You always see him out there working with the young guys and in, in before practice on face-offs and whatnot. So I think it's only a matter of time. But to me, I mean, that's probably, if we're looking at the most surprising thing, is that the top line all has 11 points in 10 games, but I feel like they could be better. And that's probably a good sign then that there is room for improvement there, but they're still producing at the end of the day. Who's your next player that's impressed you as we're kind of working our way into some guys who just simply have not impressed? Well, yeah, I mean, Ross, Tim Stutzla and Claude Giroux, neither were going to be my next player. Uh, my next player, I'm going to go work Chartier. Uh, obviously, again, I'd rather him stay on that fourth line. I think is a perfect spot for him rather than the third line. But Rourke Chartier was not a guy I had penciled as someone being a mainstay NHL roster player here. I really thought Mark Kastlik was going to hold on to that spot, but Casty just hasn't looked great this season, apart from the faceoff dot where he's still dominant, 68.3%. But you go down the list, then Claude Giroux at 61.4, and then in third at least with a solid sample size, is Rourke Chartier. And he's third on the team in total faceoffs taken with 84, which is very surprising. But he's at 51, uh, sorry, 57.1%. And I just feel like he has such a good defensive game. There's so many times where he makes a good defensive play. And I'm like, who, who's that guy? Like, what, what? I don't even know what number Rourke Chartier is. What number is he? 49. 49, yeah, I see 49. I'm like, who the heck is 49? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Rourke Chartier. He's Claude Giroux's lookalike. If you see a picture of those two side by side, it is wild how much they look alike. But if he's looking like Claude Giroux in one area, it's the face-off dots. So I just wanted to give Chartier a little bit of love here because I thought in a fourth-line center role, he has been very effective. Yeah, that's fair for his role. I think we're starting to scrape the the part of the barrel here where it's, uh, you know, we're, we're putting... A dead last team, Ross, when you get to the eighth uh, standout player, you're scraping the barrel. But there is one more player, albeit in a small sample size. Man, Artem Zubes look good this year. <laughs> yeah. Such a shame he's only played four games. They're three and one in those games. He has three Ooh. points. He's plus three. He's playing 18 minutes, and that's probably a little lower, right? Because he missed the bit of the game yes. in, against Washington. Um, to me, if I'm looking at anomalies here throughout the rest, like Parker Kelly was zero penalty minutes. Like that to me is surprising in itself. Uh, a guy who's a water bug up there and, and he has been, you know, I almost play- feel like that's a bad thing, Ross. Yeah, but he, I mean, he's been playing his role effectively. That's where it's kind of strange to yeah. me that, uh, that Parker Kelly doesn't have any pims. He'll, he'll get under someone's skin tomorrow night. That's what I want. I hope so too. And, and Tyler Clevin playing against the team that traded away the draft pick. They could have had Tyler Clevin. But they thought it'd be cooler to get a couple fins, uh, neither of which have made it to the National Hockey League just yet. But Tyler Clevin is uh, is going to be a guy who hopefully can bring a physical presence in tomorrow night's game. I don't think there's enough sample size really to get into Tyler Clevin's game. He's played a total of, um, well, he's played nine minutes per game in three games so far this season. Matin Paolo played seven minutes and 24 seconds per game through three games. Roby played six minutes and 30 seconds in his one game. You know, Mark Kastelik is a guy who I think we need to see more of when he's back from injury. And DJ Smith saying it's going to be at least two weeks, probably more high ankle sprain for Mark Kastelik, which is super unfortunate. Um, wasn't a good start to the season. Outside of the face-off circle, Pilsy, he just did not have it. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I 
I was a big Cassie guy last year, and especially in the offseason, Ross, when we got all those kind of uh, little behind-the-scenes info that he was the best physical testing player on the team. He won fastest player on the team in previous years. Like, this guy is a physical specimen, and in a fourth-line role, I really thought he would thrive, especially after having more experience last season. But tough bounce for him. Maybe after he recovers, he can get back to back to his old ways. Hope so, because it's kind of like all the tools, no toolbox right now. For, yeah, a little bit. For um, for Mark Kastelik. Um, Other guys who we haven't mentioned, Dominic Kubelik. I mean, the invisible man who every once in a while gets a, a puck on and off his stick in a hurry, but he has been probably my most disappointing player so far this season. Agreed, which, I mean, Detroit Red Wings fans are just – lapping it up with that one uh as I, we don't, thought. I don't want to get ahead of myself here because oh, okay. you look at you look at the points for the team and it's like okay like the red wings are still you know second place in the division they look good but i will say red wings fans don't think i haven't noticed that the brinket has one assist and is minus two in his last five games no goal got him got, got him. him sends win got the him. trade so. <laughs> No, Kubelik's the invisible man out there. Yeah, agreed. I had higher hopes for him, but it he like what is his role with this team? Like it just seems like he literally was just like a roster player coming back in that deal and just like, hey, salary. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like hopefully this this can work out here. Uh no. Yeah. I, I I like the player though. That's the thing. I I really had high hopes for him, but it's not looking good so far. Agreed, Ross. And Drake Batherson, we have to get to as well. He looked so good in preseason. He was flying around. You're like, oh, wow, like the ankle's all healed up. He, he he looks like he actually looks good at times. Yeah. When he doesn't have the puck. And then when he has it, like, he doesn't do too much. It's, it's bad. I feel like Drake has awesome first periods. Like there's been like three or four games where at the start of the game, I'm like, okay, Batherson, send Central standout for me. Keep that in mind. And then the rest of the game goes by and I'm like, there's not it. I'm going to get laughed out of the room on the postcast if I say Batherson is a standout. So that's been tough. Yeah, it really has been. Drake Batherson has two goals, three assists through 10 games. He's minus four. And I mean, he's also only shooting 8%. So that would go yeah. to the to the notion that he is getting pucks on net, but just cannot, cannot bury. So we need more from Drake Batherson. Uh, Thomas Shabbat, unfortunately, uh, is out. I haven't really heard an update on, oh, it was four to six weeks when it happened. So that was almost two weeks ago. So hopefully by the time they get back from Sweden, hey, that's the one thing you can say, Pilsy, about the lack of games right now is that you're going to have some of these guys hopefully back and Pinto included in the second half of the season when the yep. schedule really heats up. One guy who I actually want to give a little bit of shine to here as we'll uh, we'll kind of wrap this up with a couple names who just have done nothing. But one guy who's actually kind of taken a step forward at least is Jacob Bernard Docker. I think after his second game, we were like, what, what do you do? Like, what do you do here? Like, what do you do? No sitting at the table if you're bringing nothing to it, as the poet Little Wayne once said. But in the last few games, I think he's four straight games where he's played career high, career high, career high, career high. And he looks like he's kind of finding a bit of a rhythm with Jacob Chikrin. Yeah, uh, uh, that was going to be my final honorable mention to Ross, uh, JBD. And like, they're asking a lot of him. He had back-to-back nights where he set new career highs in ice time. Like, that's that's pretty intense for a guy that I feel like a lot of people, ourselves included, had, had kind of written off as a legitimate NHL player here. So 
definitely stick taps to JBD. Like he's he's started to round out into form where we wanted him to be a smart, simple, safe defenseman. And he's looked good in the short sample size where he's got more minutes. Few other players to get to. We want to cover everybody. That's what we do here on Locked On Senators for the fans by the fans. Uh, give me one sentence when I say a player's name. Zach McEwen. Losing a fight to Austin Watson is very disappointing. Um, Travis Hamanick. Can no longer play an elevated role in the top four. How about uh, Travis Hamanick having 16 penalty minutes in 10 games? All minor penalties. He's just, he's really a step behind now. And I feel like those penalties are just a lack of him being outworked here. Eric Branstrom. Disappointing start to the season. Tough, tough backseat for all the brand stands to take here. But I know this is maybe two sentences. Really stoked that it's likely he's going to be able to play in the Sweden games. Let's just say it's a, there's a comma in that sentence rather than two. Sure. Anton Forsberg disappointing this is a guy that when he would start games i was very confident that the team and the coach trusted him and the fans trusted him he needs to find his way back not a lot of support either though yeah but that but that used to be his thing like he wouldn't get support but he would battle through and and keep his team alive where i haven't really seen that this year and Eunice corpusallo undecided about Corpus Al, Ross. There's some times where I feel like he is makes that contract look good, at least at the $4 million cap. He looks good, but his puck handling decision scares the crap out of me, and he hasn't been able to really steal any games for the Sens here. If you look at his ga- goals saved above average statistic, which is the goals prevented given his save percentage and shots faced versus the league average save percentage, he's basically right at zero. Yeah. So with that, he's had four quality starts, which is a, a game where he ha- he does better than his average save percentage for the year. But I mean, one of his first couple of games, he got uh, you know a below 900. But for him to be a 901 right now, I mean, neither goalie's playing great. The team save percentage is 891 for crying out loud. So they got to get some more saves in. There's no question about that. But I think a lot of that has to do with the quality of chances they're giving up. And even like look at their last win against Pittsburgh. They gave up 23 shots in the first period. Yep. Like they, they are doing nothing to help their goaltenders out. So hopefully that changes here. Three huge games this week, Pilsy. We'll be here every step of the way. Tomorrow, pre-game day preview. Tomorrow, postcast. Thursday, game day preview. Thursday, postcast. Friday, weekend preview. Saturday, postcast. The boys are buzzing. Final thoughts on today's show. Final thoughts for me are shout out to Sens fans. November is a tough time. The days get darker quicker and the Sens lose more often. So stick with us, guys. We're going to be with you every step of the way, holding your hand as we try to get through this month. And stick taps to all the veterans out there. We got our poppies on. It's uh it's an important day, Remembrance Day, coming up on uh, on the weekend. I believe it's Saturday. It's November 11th. I know that much for Saturday. sure. Saturday, thank you. And um, and yeah, remember to go buy a poppy and, and leave a donation too for uh, for all the veterans who did so much for us. Uh, final thoughts for me as well. Artem Zub is a game-time decision. We had that tease throughout the week, but man, he's been practicing for three he's days. He's going to play. He's going to play. Let's, hey, circle of hope. Artem Zub in the lineup right next to Jake Sanderson. Sanderson revenge game? 
based on uh, the last few games, how it's been going for him. Again, we'll keep that for our game day preview. But the update, um, our sources say that Ridley Gregg was seen with a walking boot uh, at the at the Sens' last home game. Um, we also know that Mark Kastlik has a high ankle sprain. Both those guys out for upwards of two weeks. And then Artem Zub hopefully returns from his upper body injury. We'll have updates on that tomorrow. The Senators will skate in the morning. Hopefully, we'll be able to time our episode with that as well so that we can get you the latest from the world of Ottawa Senators ahead of a battle of Ontario. But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. Have a great day, Sens fans. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.